Sometimes the bones were exposed, sometimes covered. It was as if Polish soil had heard and obeyed the Yiskor, literally remembrance, a memorial prayer for Holocaust victims. O earth, do not conceal their blood and let there be no resting place for their cry. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 247, Earth and Blood, a Yom HaShoah Reflection. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. On the day before Rosh Hashanah, Jews throughout the world spend a great deal of time in penitential prayer, and then, in the Ashkenazic liturgy, conclude with a shattering liturgical composition that describes how entire Jewish communities chose death over conversion how Jews were murdered as martyrs because they refused to abandon the faith of their fathers. I cite largely the translation from Sepharia of this painful, plaintive prayer. Quote, The blood of fathers and sons merged, and also the blood of mothers and children. The blood of brothers and sisters mingled, also the blood of bridegrooms and brides. The blood of wise men and women. The blood of worthy men and women. The blood of young men and women. The blood of communal leaders and their followers. The blood of pious men and women. The blood of old men and women the blood of judges and their scribes, the blood of teachers and their pupils, the blood of husbands and their wives. They were all slain together for the sanctification of your holy and unique name. The prayer then continues with a plea that God punish the wicked, beginning with a noteworthy phrase. Earth, cover not their blood, and let their cry find no resting place until the Lord looks from heaven and sees and takes his own vengeance, the vengeance of his people, his Torah and his servants, whose blood was poured like water. End quote. Earth cover not their blood. So many centuries later, the very same phrase became part of the prayer of remembrance, the Yiskor, said for those murdered in the Holocaust. The origin of the phrase comes from the book of Job, and the way that it has been used by the Jews teaches us an important lesson on this day. Today, for this podcast being released on Yom HaShoah, the day dedicated to remembering the Holocaust. We will focus on a phrase in Job chapter 16, returning tomorrow to a slightly earlier chapter in the book, wherein we will ponder the essence of Jewish hope. After all three friends of Job attempt to justify what has occurred to him, Job first bitterly emphasizes that they have failed as friends. Chapter 16, verse 2. I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Shall vain words have an end? Or what emboldeneth thee that thou answerest? I also could speak as ye do. If your soul were in my soul's stead, I could heap up words against you and shake mine head at you. But I would strengthen you with my mouth, and the moving of my lips would assuage your grief. Though I speak, my grief is not assuaged, and though I forbear, what am I eased? But now he hath made me weary, thou hast made desolate all my company, and thou hast filled me with wrinkles, which is a witness against me, and my leanness rising up in me beareth witness to my face. Having addressed his friends, Job now says in verse 16, My face is foul with weeping, and on my eyelids is the shadow of death. Not for any injustice in mine hands, also my prayer is pure. O earth, cover not thou my blood, and let my cry have no place. Also now behold, my witness is in heaven, and my record is on high. My friends scorn me, but mine eye poureth out tears unto God. O earth, cover not my blood. So Job says, the blood to which he refers, as Rabbi Yaakov Midan writes, is not only the literal blood that seeps from the boils that have struck him, but also his very soul, which he painfully pours out before God. 
The phrase comes from the book of Job, but Jews took it and changed it in their liturgy from let the earth not cover my blood to let the earth not cover up their blood, applying it specifically to members of the Jewish people that were murdered because they were Jews. What does it mean to plead, let the earth not cover up their blood? For Rabbi Yaakov Medan, the point being struck in Jewish liturgical prayers utilizing this phrase is a moral and aesthetic contradiction. The world is filled with injustice and evil, and yet nature, seemingly unperturbed, continues as it always did. If murder occurs on a certain site on earth, the grass will still grow there as it did before. And if a massacre defiles a site, the sun will still rise over it. But how can it? As Rabbi Maidan notes, this very same theme is struck by the Hebrew poet Bialik in his famous poem, The City of Slaughter, describing the Kishin of Pogrom. In graphic and haunting Hebrew, Bialik describes the murders that occurred. There was one episode with a child torn apart whose soul left him with the words mother and now his eyes ask for an accounting from me. Bialik further describes how in Kishinev he is haunted by the horror and then and you will jump from there and leave and behold the earth goes on as before and the sun as it did yesterday and the day before continues to pour its rays forth to the ground thus the phrase let the earth not cover their blood is to ponder the painful question how can the sun continue to shine how can nature go on when such evil has occurred in the world and rightly understood this phrase inspired by job also summons the jewish people to remembrance because we must remember because nature will not it is we that are called to never forget and to pray year after year eretz al tchasidamam earth do not cover up their blood today yom hashoah is in the hebrew calendar the date of the warsaw ghetto uprising and in his memoir, Rabbi Israel Meir Lau describes his attending in Warsaw, a ceremony marking 20 years to the day. Accompanying him was his father-in-law, Rabbi Yitzchak Yedidja Frankel, chief rabbi of Tel Aviv. In what was then communist Poland, the ceremony focused on fighting fascism, with nothing said about Judaism. That awful lacune must have been intolerable for all Jews in attendance, but especially for Rabbi Lau, a survivor of the camps whose rabbinic family had been almost entirely murdered. Then, suddenly, Rabbi Lau writes, quote, During a pause between speeches, in a moment of complete silence, Rabbi Frankel decided to take action. Interrupting the ceremony's detailed schedule, he rose to speak, unaided by a microphone, since he was not one of the formal speakers. Rabbi Frankel broke into a spontaneous cry from the depths of his soul, reciting Kaddish for the millions of Jews murdered on European soil. Yitgadal v'yitkadash shemei rabah. Magnified and sanctified be his great name. For years, whenever he would describe that moment, his eyes filled with tears and he recounted the story as if he were again saying Kaddish on Polish soil. When I said Kaddish, I did not see the people around me. I saw only the Jews of Lunchitz, Ripin, Warsaw, and the other Polish towns, and I said Kaddish for them. Around the monument, I saw people who had climbed trees before the ceremony began that night. They had not been invited, but did not want to miss it. They staked out posts in the treetops, and when I finished saying Kaddish, I saw them responding, 
Amen. I could not hear them, but I saw their faces. They were my choir, my congregation. End quote. This story captures what the phrase, earth cover not their blood, truly means. We are speaking not only to the earth, but to ourselves, obligating ourselves to remember, to bind ourselves to the Jewish people, and to feel the presence and memory of the murdered amongst us. At this point in the book, Rabbi Lau then tells a tale from Rabbi Frankel that returns to our central phrase, a tale that is even more haunting than the one he told before. Quote, Another image he recalled from that trip was the delegation's visit to Treblinka. Next to the spot where the train tracks ended was a field full of human bones, lying exposed for all to see. When Rabbi Frankel saw them, he froze. He described that blood-curdling sight to me. I was like the prophet Ezekiel. I stood in the middle of the valley which was full of bones, and lo, they were very dry. He was carrying a copy of a Polish newspaper that had reported the previous day's ceremony, and he began to gather the bones from the field into that newspaper. A Polish photographer documented the rabbi from Tel Aviv with his wide-brimmed black velvet hat and his long beard, bending down to the ground in tears, gathering the dry bones of the butchered Jews of Treblinka into a Polish newspaper. When Rabbi Frankel asked the Polish guide who accompanied the delegation why they did not bury or at least cover the human bones, the answer was chilling. Rabbi Frankel, you have no idea how many times we have covered them, with earth and even with asphalt pressed by a steamroller, but a year later it all burst from the ground as if we had done nothing. Jews from Antwerp and New York who visited Treblinka regularly confirmed his words. Sometimes the bones were exposed, sometimes covered. It was as if Polish soil had heard and obeyed the Yiskor, literally remembrance, a memorial prayer for Holocaust victims. O earth, do not conceal their blood and let there be no resting place for their cry. Rabbi Frankel returned to Israel with the bones he had gathered wrapped inside the Polish newspaper. He contacted several stone factories, and asked for donations of stone. Out of the large stones he received, he built a monument in the Nachalat Yitzchak Cemetery in Tel Aviv, and there he buried those bones from the Valley of Death in Treblinka. The monument bears the single word Treblinka. Each year on Holocaust Memorial Day, Rabbi Frankel conducted a memorial service at the Monument for Treblinka Survivors. His son, Rabbi Isser Frankel, went on to continue his father's tradition, end quote. Thus the phrase inspired by the book of Job, Earth do not cover their blood, calls us today, on Yom HaShoah, to memory and to continuity. In the beginning of Rabbi Lau's memoir, the phrase inspired by the words from Job takes central place. Rabbi Lau writes, quote, This book is dedicated to the memory of my father, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lau, to my mother, Rabbanit Chaya, to my brother, Shmuel Yitzchak, to my grandfather, Rabbi Simcha Frankel Tomim, to my uncles and aunts, and to all my family who were taken away in the whirlwind together with the six million. Their blood cries out to us from the earth. May the land not cover over their blood, and let there be not space for their cries. May the Lord avenge their blood. Sorobelau begins with the murder of his family. He ends the book with life, describing the bar mitzvah of his first child, who was named Moshe Chaim for his murdered father. At the bar mitzvah, Rabbi Lau was asked to speak, and he noted the final phrases of the Torah reading of that week. The Lord maintains a war against Amalek from generation to generation. Rabbi Lau read this verse homiletically, describing how the battle against Amalek, a term that symbolizes the enemy of the Jewish people throughout the ages, will be waged through generation to generation, meaning that the victory against the enemies of the Jewish people 
is linked to Jews resolutely raising, teaching, and sanctifying generation after generation in the face of all that had occurred. Rabbi Lau ends his book as follows. Moshe Chaim is the first candle in the private Hanukkah menorah I have been privileged to create. My wife is the base of that menorah, from which the candles, our eight children, went out into the world. And I am the Gabbai, whose role is to help light those candles so that they will spread their light and proclaim each in a special way the miracle of the victory of eternal Israel. End quote. Today, on Yom HaShoah, we remember the murdered and we obligate ourselves. May the earth not cover up their blood. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.